This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Welcome into another edition of Talk of Champions Recruiting. Zach Barry, Ben Garrett here with you Wednesday morning. Ben, big news Tuesday evening. Damon Williams Jr., Ole Miss commit at Abasha, Arizona. Took a couple weeks, finally got the Elite 11 finals invite. Good morning. How are we doing? Good. How are you? And congrats to Damon Williams. He deserved it. Performed well in the Oxford, uh, I think it was the Elite 11 Oxford camp that you went to. And I was supposed to go to, and of course, didn't show up, but he's a good player. Ole Miss has got a stud at quarterback committed for 2024. Hopefully, unlike last year with Marcel Reed, this one holds because I got a feeling this kid could be special. I didn't realize it until last night when I was talking with Damon and uh, Brian Stumpf, uh, the director of Elite 11, who I did a, a, a extended interview with. You can read about that at omspirit.com. Tons of quotes about Damon Williams Jr., Walker Howard, Jackson Dart in there. Um, talked with with Brian last night, got the invite. He will be headed to L.A. in June. Uh, I believe it's 16th. Um, he will be there with the best of the best at uh, quarterback in the 24 cycle. But I did not realize he is the eighth invite in Ole Miss history to uh, make it to the Elite 11 finals. Are you ready? So let's see. How, how many can you name? Matt Corral. There's one. Uh, Eli? Nope. Oh, God. That was way too long ago. I do not believe Elite 11 was around when Eli was in high school. <laughs> he, he wasn't. It's just the first one that came to mind. I know Matt Corral was. I don't know anymore. Oh, come on. Um, I'm terrible at these kind of things. When you put me on the spot, there are a couple of gimmies. Well. There's a couple of gimmies, okay? All ended up at Ole Miss and played at Ole Miss? Yeah. Romero? No. Well, he's from Shannon. He was a baller at Shannon. I mean, yeah, he was. But, I, I again, I don't think Elite 11 I mean, uh, <laughs> existed back then. <laughs> yeah, Elite 11 didn't start until, like, 2000... 1999. Uh, okay. So, Eli would have been in there. He was not invited. Oh, wow. Wow. Hmm. 
The year, the 1999 class was Brock Berlin, Matt Castle, okay. Casey Clawson, Matt Lavecchio, Chance Mock, John Rattay, Chris Ricks, Jeff Smoker, John Van Cleve, Zach Wasserman, and Roman Ibarra. Okay. What? <laughs> Eli, what did, I mean, what? I mean, I, yeah. I remember Matt Castle. Oh, my gosh. They missed yeah. on that one. All right, so Chad <laughs> Kelly went before and then committed to Clemson, right? Yeah, Chad Kelly's one. Yeah, and so you, ended up so at Ole Miss transferred. Um, there's, there's one out there that is so obvious, and I can't believe you haven't said it. So obvious. Oh, my God. Who? That would be one Shea Patterson in oh, 2016. Duh. Of course. Of course, Shea. I believe Shea was the MVP of the Elite 11. That's right. That was a big coverage thing. Well, again. Yeah. And then was the we MVP also thought of the, that after uh, the Texas A&M game, his debut as the starter, that he was going <laughs> to be the next Johnny Manziel. So, you know, a lot of things happened. Yeah. He was the MVP of the Elite 11 that year and then was also the MVP of the uh, All-American Bowl as well. I think that's one of the biggest bummers that it didn't work out in my uh, coverage of Ole Miss. No, just following Ole Miss for my 36 years of existence. Shea Patterson. Yeah. I mean, probably him – um, similar profile to Demond Williams when you think about it. Both a little undersized, six foot, big arms. Yeah, Shea's a little, little taller. Um, not nearly as athletic, but they got a similar game. Um, yeah. you know what Doom Shea Patterson I would, I would, outside of his I would, dad? I would say Demond Williams' arm is better. Yeah. Well, Shea had a good arm, but what doomed Shea was when he wore number 20, when he picked number 20 to wear at Ole Miss. He tried to be too creative. <laughs> he tried to be too unique and, and kind who's, of uh, out of the box, outside the box. Outside of Shea, who's the biggest bust in Ole Miss history? The biggest bust? Nick Brazel's up there. Yeah. Tobias um, Singleton. I, I just mentioned Tobias because I remember that did, recruiting was him, CJ, and Nick Brazel. And those guys, man, signing that trio. Did Tig even make it to campus? I don't think he did. Yeah, he made it. He played safety, wore number 13. Well, there's a bust right there. Tig would have been insane. He's probably a top three player coming out of Panola, like the prime of Panola himself and all. I was going to say, he's probably the best just like pure talent running back I've seen in in my years of covering recruiting. I mean – if he could have kept his head on straight. I mean, Sky's and it wasn't it, it wasn't like a well, you know, he's supposed to do that because he's as big as he is, as fast as he is, and he plays in, you know, inter small classification here. No, he played in the highest classification in Mississippi. When South Panola was in his in prime. An, I was gonna say in an era where there were other really good programs in Mississippi, and he dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when he got to campus, I mean, it was kind of a surprise because he was dealing with some stuff, but he got to campus and immediately impressed and then just flamed out, went to ULL. And, of course, yeah. scored the game-winning two-point conversion for Jackson – not ULL, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State to upset one Houston nut in his final farewell season of 2-10. and 10. To bring it all uh, back around. Staying in South Panola, another huge bust was Chris Strong. Just yeah, couldn't. but I don't really count that one so much as couldn't couldn't keep know. the body under control. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Well, went to went to Johnson Commons one too many times. 
Yeah, among other things. Among other yeah. things. There were uh, some pretty serious busts in Ole Miss history, but like I think Shea Patterson's got to be top three. Yeah, just because of the position. It's a premium position. It's the position in the SEC. Well, and, and to think the of position the, in college football. And to think about the resources and um, just everything that Hugh Freeze and staff put in to get Shea Patterson on campus, and he was the future, man. So yeah. if you put everything into him and he's the future and the future arrives and it's shit, well, he's a bust. That's All right, so we have is. so we have three of the remaining. All right, just give me the rest of them. Robert Lane in two thousand two. Oh man, I wish I'd have gotten that one. I can't remember. He was a four star prospect coming to high school. He, he was a five too. star. He was a five he star. Too. A five, yeah. He was the he number was... one dual threat quarterback in the country yeah. that year. Ended up being yeah. a tight end. And the only reason he ended up being a tight end is because David <laughs> Cutcliffe didn't know what to do with non statuesque <laughs> quarterbacks. Like Michael Spurlock probably went to Elite Eleven, and Michael Spurlock. Would have been fine at quarterback at Ole Miss in a modern offense, but instead, um, Ethan Flat usurped him because David Cutcliffe didn't know what to do after you know, he walked out. You know uh, where I think Michael Spurlock could have been really good? Running back, wide receiver, literally anywhere. Well, I was going to say in another – I think he would have been really good in a Mike Leach offense. Yeah. He was really accurate. All the intermediate stuff. I was talking about Michael Spurlock on this Wednesday. <laughs> Okay, so the other one. So you got Robert Lane, two thousand two. Yeah. Jevin Sneed, two thousand five. Oh, duh. But Jevin and, went to Texas. That 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 was the thing. I was yeah, thinking yeah, he signed yeah. out of high school. So I, well, that's these, where I tripped myself up. Yeah, initially. God tied rest to his soul. Ole Miss in the in the end. Um, here's where it gets real fun. Raymond Cotton in two thousand eight. I almost said him. I really did. You, I almost said him. Can you name all the schools that Raymond Cotton played at in college? No, but um, I can remember when he signed how big of a deal it was. And the name Raymond Cotton just sounds like a guy who's going to be good. It didn't work I mean, out. the dude looked like an SEC quarterback. Yeah. Well, good for DeMond Williams because that is a big honor. And um, I think it further validates how Ole Miss is building a class around a player that could step in and not necessarily compete in year one. That's not what quarterbacks do at Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin necessarily, but – certainly by a sophomore year. And this kid's got real talent, and that's a big deal. Yeah. It really kind of, like, puts a nice bow in the last couple of really productive days for Ole Miss football in recruiting. Um, not just with Isaac Ukwuf, the James Madison Edge Committee, which we told you was coming. So Ole Miss did go two out of three. Didn't get Keon Coleman, mm-hmm. Stefan Wynn, and um, Isaac Ukwuf. Those were hey, two we, big gets. Hey, hold on. We need to give the man his flowers. The final Ole Miss – Elite 11 finals invite. None other than ben, Barry Brunetti. Oh, wow, Barry. Okay, I saw Barry play um, with his MUS team, Memphis University School, at South Panola. I was actually uh, like the spotter for the play-by-play guy for ESPN. ESPN brought people in to broadcast this game, MUS and South Panola, because South Panola had like Tony Connor and Nick Brazel. And, I mean, it was loaded up. Isaac Gross was a freshman. Ridiculous talent on that South Panola team, but that Memphis University school team. I think he had a wide receiver to Barry Brunetti, Barry Brunetti, who uh, went to the next level too, and they were really good competing for state. And Barry was awesome; he was awesome in high school. Um, wasn't great in college, but that was because of the lack of arm strength. But Barry Brunetti is the last elite eleven. I would have never guessed that one. Barry, Barry would have never. No, he started at a school that was perfect for him. 
He started at West Virginia with Rich Rod. Yeah, that's a good spot. All right, so before we move on, the schools that Raymond Cotton played college football at. Ole Miss, okay. Some South Missouri Alabama, school. Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, Bellhaven, and Mississippi College. Oh, God. I thought he went to like a Southwest Missouri. I had that in my brain. So at least now I know. So basically, he traversed the state of Mississippi, and it didn't everywhere. work out for old Raymond Cotton. <laughs> he went, he went everywhere. everywhere. He went everywhere. But Cam Beavers committed. We told you that was coming, too. Um, I, I'm getting conflicting stuff on Jamonte Waller. I really am the in-state edge, um, because there's one person I talk to that is usually my go-to person for in-state guys like this, and he swears up and down Ole Miss has got a real shot with him. And yet another person I talk to um, says Ole Miss is on the outside looking in for him, might not even get a visit. So uh, that one I'm less confident about. But man, Ole Miss is doing some work, man. I mean, Cam Beavers is a big deal. It's a four-star in-state defensive lineman, and Ole Miss is addressing this most problem area i think entering 2023 like the whole evaluation phase both in season and in recruiting they need defensive linemen and they need impact defensive linemen so um these last few days have been really productive for Ole Miss and if you were kind of a in a bummer place after Keon Coleman how are you feeling today right if you're the, an Ole Miss fan you got to be feeling better I know Keon Coleman was the sexier name because he's a wide receiver and you know skill positions always kind of uh get us all a little bit more fired up, I guess, than trench players. But, man, if you'd have told me Ole Miss could have two out of three, would land two out of three, um, and two of them would be defensive linemen, and they'd miss on the wide receiver, I would take that trade. If that's what i got to settle for. Yeah. I talked to <clears> – I talked to someone yesterday who would absolutely know, going back to Jamonte Waller and uh, talking about Jamonte Waller and Camarion Franklin. And – I've been, I mean, my pick is in for Ole Miss to get Jamonte Waller. I, I just think the emphasis that has been put on that recruitment by Pete Golding is, you know, and you, and you, you're adding to the work that Randall Joyner has already put in. And Lane Kiffin is personally recruiting him. I think it's going to be too much to overcome for other schools. I know he's, been to Penn State, he, you know, all the Micah Parsons stuff, whatever, you know, obviously that's cool. It's an NFL guy that played there, but I mean, come on. At a certain point, <clears throat> you have to kind of be a little realistic with yourself and know that, yeah, Micah Parsons probably did a lot of that himself. Uh, he just went to Penn State. It's not like he went to Penn State and then James Franklin turned him into this monster. He he, he was he was already kind of like that. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, it looks like it looks on, good on like paper. John David Baker. And Lane Kiffin and all the Ole Miss assistants celebrating um, NFL Rebels that they didn't coach like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and stuff and saying, come to the SIP. That's just part of the selling process. Sure. So, um, whatever. I, I, I ultimately think that's that's just too far. I mean, more times than not, the Mississippi kids are going to want to stay close to home. Even if they do go somewhere else, more times than not, they end up coming back closer to home, if not coming back to Mississippi. But look, I, I when I talked to Jamonte Waller on the phone or in person, he lights up about Pete Golding. He lights up about staying home, playing for the the in-state program. Um, I think it's going to pay dividends for years to come with what they did with Suntarian Perkins. And he could have gone anywhere. And he made a point to mention several times 
I want to play for the in-state school. I want to start something big. Could have gone to Georgia, could have gone to Bama. Both of those programs wanted him in the worst way, and he chose to stay close to home and play for Lane Kiffin. Um, I, I talk to people that are in and around the Picayune program, and they still think that Ole Miss is the team to beat. I know Florida is really pushing. We already talked about Penn State. I think that's probably the three teams right there. I don't think Mississippi State is involved. Uh, I don't really think LSU is, mu- is, is really a factor. Alabama is going to linger. They always do. Georgia's trying to do the Nicobe Dean thing. Um, I just, I, the, the people that I have talked to have just given me a good vibe with Jamonte Waller. Cam Franklin, that's going to be, in my opinion, a signing day decision. And Ole Miss is, I know that they've strategically brought him in for visits when it is either just him or there are only a handful of guys there that are all from Mississippi. So I don't think that is by mistake. That is that is a very intentional thing to bring him in around other guys that are in the state of Mississippi or bring him in by himself where it is a all-hands-on-deck approach and every single staffer is there to talk to him. Um, he said it in multiple interviews that he likes the idea of playing in the state of Mississippi. He likes the proximity of Oxford being right there by his hometown. Um, Tennessee is going to make it incredibly difficult. Uh, I think it's, I think that's probably, it's a two team race, Ole Miss and Tennessee. Um, So yeah, with those two, I mean, those are the big fish. Those are the two biggest prospects on the board. And then right there with them on offense is Caleb Odom, who I think Ole Miss has got a really good shot at at landing. Um, That's probably the top three targets left on the board. Um, All, you know, premium positions. Uh, Caleb Odom is listed as a tight end. He's going to play wide receiver. Ole Miss is recruiting him as a wide receiver. Um, They basically want him to be what they think Michael Trigg can be. Big, physical, you know, an ex-tight end who can move around and uh, really make life hell for defensive coordinators in the middle of the field. Um, and then Cam Franklin and Jamonte Waller, those are two guys you build a defense around. Cam Franklin's the big edge guy that everybody wants. It's the most expensive prospect out there. And then Jamonte Waller is a uh, pretty much, in my opinion, a perfect Jack linebacker type guy for Pete Golding's defensive scheme. He's big. He's physical. He can put his hand in the dirt. He can get after you off the edge. He can also play in space and stand up and and, and make, you know, tackle after tackle as a uh, – prototypical linebacker. So um, I thought for a while that Jamonte Waller was going to go ahead and get it out of the way. Uh, a source told me that, you know, he, he's not a kid that that relishes all the attention. He's not on social media, you know, asking for followers on Instagram and he's not doing all the tweets about his recruitment and whatnot. He's, he's a very humble kid. Who's just kind of wanting to focus on his senior season. Um, so I thought he might, have already been committed by now or could be committing soon just to like, Hey, I'm done. This is where I'm going. I appreciate everybody recruiting me, but this is where I want to be. Um, so we'll see. I mean, there's still time. I mean, it's, it's not even June yet. Uh, the elite camp circuit starts in the summer. Ole Miss will have their juice fest at the end of July. And um, yeah, I, I still think that Ole Miss is in control with Jamonte Waller and um on defense than Caleb Odom on offense. 
Pete Golding's the X factor with all of this. And you brought this up on the podcast yes. not too long ago. But I think at this point, when you see a shark emoji from Pete Golding, that's like the most giveaway. Yeah, something's <laughs> going down. It's the white smoke. I mean, that's the thing you the can Catholic trust the Church. most right now. Yeah. The white smoke at the Catholic Church. There I mean, it's go. literally it's literally his entire timeline. It's just shark emojis. Yeah. And every single time it's because a commitment happened. Yeah. Brilliant. It's to the That's, point. It's a good brand. Like, I don't tweet yeah. at all, but when I do, something's coming. Yeah. It's like when Kirby tweets, go dogs. You know? Same kind yeah. of difference. Except with Pete, it's a shark emoji. And it's the most. Yeah. Like, like um, what's his name? Heartline from Ohio State. He does the, uh, or it's him or his other commits will do the picture of him and on, like, his back patio with a cigar when they get a wide receiver yeah, commit. that's good. It's like a good brand. I like the shark emoji because of the, I like the simplicity of it. Yeah. And he just switched over after he moved over from Alabama. <laughs> to All he ever elephant. Alabama. Wasn't it like is the yeah, elephant emoji? It's an elephant, and then it's a shark. Yeah, now yes, it's a shark. It's great. I love that. Um, but it matters because um, the defensive line recruiting for the next, you know, six months is, inarguably, in my opinion, the most important position for Ole Miss to address, considering <laughs> what they're going to lose and also what they need and have lost. Jameer uh, Jameer Lewis is in the portal. We all know this by now, um, but he came in for the spring. And was running with the with the ones for weeks, and yeah. now he's in the portal because I heard he was quote homesick. So, okay, but that's it. That's a player that yeah, I got well, some, well, We didn't really know what I was gonna say. I got some conflicting things. Like I didn't know. I heard that, oh, that there were some intriguing some academic requirements that weren't met in the first spring session or whatever. And I don't know, but yeah, he's not. He's no longer on the Ole Miss roster. Um, and look, I don't know for a fact, but I think it's a it's certainly a loss because I mean, well, let me ask you this. All right. Worked to so, get him in. Well, here, here's the question. When Jameer Lewis was here and he was running with the ones for two weeks and you had a bunch of stories coming out on the beat about how he's not Will Anderson, but Pete Golden's using him in that way as far as how his traits translate to the next level. So now do we pretend like Ole Miss lost Will and the next Will Anderson because Jimmy Lewis isn't here anymore? Is that what we do? Uh, no, I don't think so. Huge departure. I Maybe mean, we a, should kind of slow our rolls on the beat with, with some high, of this. Like you're high, high yeah, praise. Come on, man. I mean, Will Anderson was number three overall to the Texans. Come on, what are we doing? Yeah, legendary I mean, I, player. I always, I always say like you, you when you make comps, you 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 use good players because why would you make a comp? to like some bench warmer but yes, but, but there's but don't there's do, making but, a comp yeah. and then they're saying well you lost will anderson <laughs> like, <Yeah>. okay Come <laughs> yeah on. well well here's what i'm saying damon williams you compared him to kyler murray so if damon williams who recently got his lead 11 invite congratulations yeah he decommits like marcel reed did go somewhere else has almost lost the next kyler murray yeah, I mean, I think that's a totally different prospect compared to. Oh Jamier Lewis. no, 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 no! My point but is, you, there's making a comparison, and then there's saying that you're losing that comparison because the comparison is just like that's the potential. We're not saying that he's going to be the next Kyler Murray. It's just he has the potential to play like Zach Barry said that Demond Williams will be and left no <laughs> at all wiggle room at all. And just to be fair, Kyler Murray. And just to be fair, I'm not the only one saying that. I mean, people have said Kyle Murray. Like they've said they've said Bryce Young. Um, uh, oh, oh, oh! Like that, like that's in you. <laughs> like that's yeah. any less. Like he was just number one overall. 
Hey, there were, uh, these are people that do this for a living. Like, evaluate prospects for a living have said this. Brian Stump said he thinks that DeMond Williams is more athletic than Bryce Young. Oh, God. Yeah, but Shea was supposed to be Johnny Manziel, and then he teased us with Texas A&M and lost his job to Jordan Tiamu. ESPN just slobbered all over Shea Patterson in that Texas A&M game. Is this the next Johnny Manziel? It wasn't. And Jordan Tiamu, to his credit, is a really good quarterback and was just recently just recently wrapped his XFL second run with an XFL <laughs> Offensive Player of the Year and a loss in the XFL Championship. But Jordan Tiamu is still playing, and Shea is not. Crazy how that works. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Are you ready for the Grove? Because I know I am. So join Lane Kiffin and your Ole Miss football rebels at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 season. Order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process and to explore seating options. Visit OleMissTix.com, OleMissTix.com, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation today, 662-915-7159. For Ole Miss football season tickets, it's time again to help lock the vault. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know what was my gift for my family? Like all of my family members. 2016 with Shay did the, the, the incredible acrobatic performance against Texas A&M. I thought this was the beginning of something special, Zach. So I got the Oxford Eagle. Everybody a bunch did. of copies of the Yeah. It said uh, Shay Nanigan's great headline. Got a bunch of Oxford Eagles. Got <laughs> Shay to sign them. Shay said, hey, man, don't go selling these on eBay. I said, dude, I'm giving them those Christmas gifts. Chill. All right. And I gave them, and I uh, just found one still in its wrapping at my dad's office that apparently he discarded. He said, "Don't sell them on eBay." Yeah, which I thought was interesting because I was like, "Do I do I put off a selling stuff on eBay vibe?" I could see that, you know, like I, I like if if any person didn't really know me, I'm a big dumb idiot. Um, I could be one of those guys that stands in in like the the signing the autograph ball baseballs at mm-hmm. at a major league baseball game. And you got like all these kids going, "Hey, sign my ball!" And then like the really dumb, stupid idiot sticking his hand out there in front of everybody, like shut it, because he's like got this weird business in his basement, you know. He sells it all on eBay. I could buy that. I could get where Shay would be confused. Ask I went him down now. to uh, ask him now how much you think you can get on eBay for. Oh, that's that's just mean, Zachary. That's mean. That wasn't mean. I was just saying, ask him a question. Yeah, we're off track. Cam Beavers is a big deal. Isaac Uku is a yes. big deal. Stefan wins a Probably. big deal. Demon Williams is a, getting his Elite 11 invite is a big deal. Uh, of those recent additions that we haven't talked enough about on this podcast so far, which one do you find most significant? The biggest deal? Short term, it's definitely Isaac Uku because yeah. of what he gives you off the edge, opposite of Jared Ivey, and then you get Cedric Johnson back from injury. You get him healthy. That's three dudes that can get after the quarterback. Um and now Stephen Wynn is right there as short term because I do think it gives them a lot of flexibility now on the interior because you got two bona fide just flogs in the middle with him and Joshua Harris. But I yeah, think you it, know who's the biggest benefactor of Ole Miss's recent recruiting success? The linebackers. JJ Pegues. He's not by himself that's, anymore. That's what I was going to get to. Like a lot of versatility now. You can move him around. You can use his quickness because he was. In SEC play, he made a lot of stuff happen off the edge because he's so quick and he's athletic. He's not just a, you know, statue of a defensive lineman. So I think that you put those guys in the middle to, hey, we're going to clog up, you know, the A-gap here, and then you just get after it. Like, just pin your ears back and go. I think that that's going to be huge for the defense. Um, But long-term, I mean, yeah, Cam Beavers is, is big time. The dude doesn't look like he weighs Ooh. 320 pounds. Like, he looks like the pictures. It's probably weird to say, but, like, he's a four-star prospect. But the position he plays in Mississippi and where he's ranked, he's been kind of under the radar. It's crazy. Because Cam Franklin's gotten all the attention, plays, you know, defensive line too. 
uh, Jamonte Waller's an edge guy as well, but he's right there. I mean, he's 300 pounds of just, at worst, Marcus Tillman. And this class could be historically good as far as if Ole Miss is able to finish the job. It could be an historic defensive line class in the state of Mississippi signing with Ole Miss. Yeah, and look, he had a, a lot of big-time offers. Alabama wanted him. LSU wanted him. South Carolina, Texas A&M. Lots of Power 5 offers and teams that are recruiting at a high level. I mean, South Carolina's the talk of the 24 class right now. They are recruiting as good as anybody. They've got a top 10 class. And then you know what LSU and Alabama do, especially with defensive linemen. And then Texas A&M was in the mix. Yeah, I mean, Miami, Texas, Bo Davis wanted him. Uh, so it's a uh, it's a huge, huge coup for this team, uh, for this class, I should say. I, I talked briefly with Cam Beavers back in March and just really, really talked high on, on Pete Golding and what the vision of Pete Golding and you know, what he's told these prospects, like, Hey, I'm, I came to Ole Miss to get you. I came here to build a defense around you. That's what he's told Beavers. That's what he's told Jamonte Waller. I'm sure that's what he's told Cam Franklin. And I think it's starting to resonate where it's like, Hey, like why not go to Ole Miss and do this? I mean, this guy was at Alabama with Nick Saban and he coached all these guys that went to the NFL and, you know, why don't I just add my name to that list of guys that he has coached? So I think that, um, I think that is the biggest piece of the puzzle right now for this 24 class is Pete Golding and his vision. And it's really, you know, transcended this recruiting cycle in the Southeast, especially getting over into Louisiana where he is really starting to make some headway with some guys um, in the Pelican state, I, I wrote about, you know, who could be the next commit in this class. And there are several that are from Louisiana. Uh, one that I think is probably pretty close to announcing a commitment sometime soon. Anthony Robinson from Destrahan, um, three-star safety. That is, uh, I think a, he's a high three-star, um, has a chance to play his way into a four-star 6'2", 190 pounds, plays on a really good high school uh, program in Destrehan. Plays for a high school program, I should say. Um, I think he's really close. And then um, another DB from Louisiana, Bernard Causey. Um, Sam Spiegelman on threes national uh, recruiting analyst, loves his game. He has a pick in for Ole Miss to land him as well. Um, and then Joseph Cryer, I know you've spoken with him. He is, uh, anytime he talks about Ole Miss, he lights up. He seemingly is always on social media talking about Ole Miss. He is constantly keeping me up to date with when he's going back to Ole Miss. He's got an official visit coming up in June. And uh, I think Ole Miss is in the driver's seat for him as well. So big interior offensive linemen, long athletic cornerbacks, and then, um, if you want to bring it back full circle to the state of Mississippi, I think they're in a really good spot for William Eccles, big guy from Houston high school, um, which uh, when you hear Houston, you think of Chris Jones, who uh, was pretty good. If I remember correctly, um, Ole Miss is recruiting Eccles as a defensive lineman, six, four, two He plays both ways in high school. He's listed as an offensive lineman, but Ole Miss and, and Randall Joyner and Pete Golding want him 
as a big physical versatile defensive lineman so Ole Miss is kind of a kind of poised for a heater right now that's what I was kind of getting to too and it comes back to the x-factor Pete Golding and if this does pop off like we think it it could where do they end up in the top 25 rankings of on three so right now they're at 19 um yeah and they're sitting at eight commits nine if you they they listed it at nine because of steven win but it's eight high school commits right now um i think they're gonna take a bigger high school class i mean i know they were very selective a year ago um and uh, they signed, if I do some quick counting, it was uh, 16 high school commits, and then they had 19 transfers. I think they're going to sign more than 16. If you if you made me pick right now, I think they're going over. They're going north of 16. Like, if you set the over under it, 16 and a half, I'm going over. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a pretty healthy mix of in-state guys because I think that there is a ton of talent in the state of Mississippi and they're going to go after uh, a lot of guys in this in-state. But then, like I just mentioned, Louisiana is a state where they are really wanting to go in and, and make some inroads there, which is difficult to do because when LSU has it going, it's damn near impossible to go in there and and get somebody. I mean, that's, you know, what – in the industry, people call it a pacifier state where kids are basically raised as LSU fans. So if LSU wants you and you're from Louisiana, you're going to go there. I mean, case in point, look at Logan Diggs, the uh, Notre Dame running back who's from Louisiana. LSU didn't want him uh, coming out of high school. And then uh, they express some interest, extend an offer, and then he ends his uh, transfer portal recruitment pretty quickly there and uh, elects to stay home and and played LSU. So it means a lot when you're from Louisiana and uh, the Tigers want you. But um, I think you could see them, if they get some of the big pieces, I think they're capable of landing. They could probably be top 15, top 12. That's not out of the question. That sounds about right. I don't think they're going to climb to the top 10, which is fine, um, as long as they build out yeah, a bigger class and – more so about 20 ish top 15 range yeah and that's more more so has to do with what others are doing i mean there are going to be some other programs that are already up there that you may not be able to catch just just based out of just sheer numbers and who they already have in their recruiting class like georgia's number one right now they have a score almost 96 um an average rating of 91 and a half they have two five stars eight four stars ohio state's right behind them two five stars, nine four stars. Alabama's three, two five, five four. I mean, there's some there there's just a lot of points up there that'll be hard to to get to. Ole Miss is sitting at a uh a total rating of eighty nine point one four. Uh they have three four stars, only eight commits though. So um you know they're right behind somebody like like at, at Southern Cal who only has three commits but they're highly rated so they're just north of of 89.2 um so there are some you know programs that are in this top 10 where you've got you know georgia has 15 michigan has 17 notre dame has 16 oregon has 14 lsu has 15 
some teams have already, you know, kind of front loaded their class to where they can get really selective down the stretch and really, you know, acclimate some resources to focus on, you know, four or five guys. Ole Miss is, is still casting that net out there in a uh, pretty wide range. But if they, uh, they're, they're, the players that they are trending for right now, if they are able to land them along with what they're bringing in the portal, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be another good class for Ole Miss. It's not gonna be the big, you know, fancy headline grabbing top ten class like everybody wants. But as long as they're addressing needs, and still... it would still be the best as far as ranking potentially um, of Lane Kiffin's time at Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, that's what you need to focus on: addressing needs, average rating, and then who they're bringing in in the portal and what they can do immediately. That's the biggest thing is bridging that immediate impact transfer guys with building blocks for the future. And I think that what they're doing in the trenches and then at quarterback and then skill positions, that's uh that's the big thing. How are we feeling now though? Cause the last time me and Zach were talking, Ole Miss had just, or was about to miss out on Keon Coleman of Florida state and all was, all was going wrong. All felt like it was ending. It's like, man, as the, Portal King lost his magic, all that kind of stuff. And then he turns around, lands Stephen Wynn, Stephen Wynn uh, from Nebraska, the transfer defensive lineman, lands Isaac Ukwu, who's going to potentially step in and start day one, especially if Cedric Johnson isn't fully healthy yet, which, to be honest, considering his track record for the last two, three years, we don't know when he's going to ever be truly 100% healthy. So we have to assume that Isaac Ukwu is stepping in here to, to start immediately, potentially opposite Jared Ivey. So this has been a big couple days, and then Cam Beavers pops. It's been a big couple of days, and um, I think it was understandable of Ole Miss fans and uh, maybe just the listeners of this podcast in general. We're a little bummed out after Keon Coleman, especially since since it seemed like it was going to be done pretty quickly. Uh, but now, I mean, Lane Kiffin and Pete Golding, the X Factor there, have really kind of turned things around rather, rather quickly. Not, not that necessarily even needed to turn things around, so to speak, you know, but um, you needed some good news and almost got some good news. And yeah, it's it's been big additions that they absolutely need at, at the biggest position area for them as far as need. I mean, defensive line is the biggest one for them. So it's it's been a good few days, man. I'm feeling better today, right? Feeling better today. Feeling like Ole Miss is back on track. It's good. Yeah, I think so. I think um, they, they I think it's a good mix of addressing needs hitting the big in-state targets that they really want. And then also, I think uh, in, in the in the high school ranks, I should say, is they're, they're hitting at a pretty high clip right now. And I think if you can land, um, you know, some of the other names that they're going after, I think that it's, uh, like you said, it's got a, got a chance to be the best high school signing class um, that they've had since Lane Kiffin took over as head coach, because <clears throat> let's just play a game here. Um, you want to do like some, some, some rapid fire um, trending or ending here. Yeah, let's go. That's, that's what we're dealing with here, and I'm sick of it. All right, in state, start at the top. 
Cam Franklin, trending or ending there? Trending. Jamonte Waller. I think I'm back on the side of trending. All right. Now we get to the fun part. The committed guys. J.J. Harrell. Trending. Yep, I agree. Uh, let's go with Narell White. Trending. Uh, I think almost going to get him. Um, there's been a lot of development with Narell White. They've been visiting and talking to him. Ever since he's committed to Arkansas, it's been an ongoing dialogue with Ole Miss, and Derek Nix has kind of made it a priority to make sure that Ole Miss secures him. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything. doesn't mean that Ole Miss is going to get him, but Ole Miss has prioritized Narell White, and that interest has been reciprocated by the prospect. And if you made me guess today – make my best guess today i think almost ultimately gets him so i'll say trending i gotta find an ending though because i feel like i'm being too much of a homer here well here's one here's an ending jimothy lewis yeah ending i hear nothing on him and i thought he would have <laughs> honestly been potentially their first commitment for this class and yet here we well, are shout out to uh to our boys in sunnyvale it's the way she goes when uh you transfer to img you get on that national stage you get more attention more teams figure out who you are, and now you've got Georgia knocking on your door. I will see Jimothy Lewis in action uh, this fall when IMG Academy comes to Nashville to take on Lipscomb Academy, so I'll get a chance to talk to him. But, um, yeah, several factors there where he transfers to IMG, and then also there's some turnover uh, with uh, John Garrison taking over as O-line coach and um, – Jake Thornton leaving for Auburn. So there was a bit of a window there where Ole Miss didn't have an O-line coach. But I, I think it's more so just the fact that Jimothy Lewis now has the Georgia Bulldogs trying to get him. Um, okay, so I'll say this. I think Ole Miss is going to get J.J. Harrell, Narell White, and Braylon Burnside, which could give them – Maybe the strongest incoming wide receiver class that I could remember in Ole Miss history. Oh, that's I a mean, good one. I mean, just on paper, that is probably as good. Yeah, of but Laquan if, and Quincy had a boy Joe and all. I mean, those were that was a good class. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, I think those three dudes right there are in that same conversation. Let's say it's a hard fought battle. But Ole Miss doesn't get Cam Franklin. But they get Jamonte Waller, J.J. Harrell, Braylon Burnside, Narell uh, White. So that would mean that Ole Miss lands the two, three, four, six, eight, and nine players in the top ten. Yeah. That's unheard of. That's probably the best class. Yeah. Because Cannon can Daniels signed in state. Cannon Daniels out of West Point is committed to Florida. I think he'll probably stick there. Daniel Hill out of Meridian, probably Alabama or South Carolina. He's not coming. Yeah, and then he's Jim, not coming here. And then Jimothy Lewis, probably Georgia. So that would mean that you've got one, two, three, four, five, six of the ten. Pretty good. And then there's Pretty still good. Terrence. Terrence Hibbler is still out there at 13. Um, they've already got Chris Davis, who's at 17. William Eccles at 24. Chris Davis is one I'm watching. Chris Davis is one I'm watching because, um, I think he's open to other schools. I'll just leave it at that. 
Yeah, I mean, they all are. Got to hold on to them. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. You know what sure. I'm saying. But NIL makes that even more so where guys are going to listen much longer than they would before NIL was this forefront of the recruiting industry. So um, I think the the Jamonte Waller recruitment is going to only help with Chris Davis um, because they're they're close buddies. And I think that Ole Miss is in a good spot to get Jamonte Waller. You get him in the boat, and I think that only helps. But, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, this has the potential for a pretty historic close inside the state of Mississippi. I can't remember a year where it was that strong of a close. I'm trying to rack my brain of when there was a year when it was this this good because it's it's normally pretty split with Mississippi State. And there's always guys that go out of state. Um so well the Mississippi State thing is interesting because I don't think they're doing particularly well NIL wise. No and, and just so a like lot of factors state, there. Usually with new, state yeah. Yeah, new yeah. coach, new staff, stores. new scheme. You know, they're changing the offense completely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Ole Miss has, you know, got their NIL in a much better spot than Mississippi State, which honestly kind of surprised me because <clears throat> I mean, look, before NIL, it was it it was NIL. It was just under the table behind closed doors and in back alleys. Mississippi State, when they needed to get it done, when they needed to get somebody, they always would. You know, the the old adage of they will they will pick one guy in the in-state class every year and they will not lose him. And we mentioned Chris Jones earlier. That was that was their guy that year, because Ole Miss had him. And they Jeffrey made damn Simmons. sure. Jeffrey Simmons, same thing. Morning of signing day, they made sure they got him. Mississippi State missed out on AJ yes, Brown did. and they missed out on Nigel Knott. And they said, hey, let's let's dump these two bags into one bag and uh, you know, let's just somehow, some way accidentally drop this at uh the Simmons household. Um so it's it NIL has really made things interesting because you you can really see who is acclimating resources properly and efficiently now. I mean, look at South Carolina. Um you know, a school that since Steve Spurrier has been really up and down, uh, they've gone through a coaching change. And I think that now with Shane Beamer there, they uh, they had a good year last year. They've done well in the portal, but they are just absolutely crushing it on the recruiting trail. And it's thanks in large part to their, their collective. They have got things figured out. So um, obviously that's a major storyline for recruiting is, is how collectives have affected things so that will be something that we continue to monitor but yeah as we close here i think Ole miss is in a really really good spot not only in state but um just overall in this 24 class they have done some some really intriguing and uh some uh really interesting things to get a lot of top targets attention Ole miss has the toughest schedule for 2023 um in all of college football according to on three Ole Miss players report back Ole Miss football players report back for the summer strength conditioning stuff next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So those are some other items, but we've officially hit the summertime. It is yep. summertime, and that means camp season. And uh, Zach and I have planned 
and I'm not just saying it this time. We have planned to cover some camps. I'm going to go to some camps. I promise. With you. We're going to do it. Yep. We're definitely going to do Juice Fest at the end of July. Yes. Yes. Uh, I do not think that the Elite 11 finals are in the cards as uh, that is over in Los Angeles, California. And uh, not only is it pricey, but I will be uh, out of town during that competition. But we will still cover it. We will still have the coverage. We will just not be in person, but uh, there will be plenty of boots on the ground there for us to get um, live coverage, live reactions, live analysis from. So you will not be – you will not be – out of Left the loop wanting at all um so but yeah we will uh we will be busy this summer um i think that almost will probably start to see some things happening here recruiting wise in the next couple weeks as far as high school goes so uh yep stay locked in omspirit.com part of on3.com plenty of recruiting coverage as uh i have teased uh some names out there for who might be the next commit demon williams Shout out to him. Gets his finals invite. He will be in L.A. competing with the best of the best. And uh, we will have all of the recruiting stuff and more for you at the Ole Miss Spirit. So for Ben Garrett over there, I'm Zach Berry. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, we out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.